we doing? Good, 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 awesome. If you have your Bibles, grab those. We're going to be in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28. We'll start in verse 19, and we'll, um, so different places we'll be this morning, but we'll, we'll be there to begin with. And so uh, last week, we kind of dove into this series in the fall, just reminding us of who we are and uh, what God has created us to be as his people, as his church. And so uh, last, uh, last week, we just looked at uh, one of our core values. One of our core values is to share um, and it's to share the gospel. And so we as followers of Jesus, as, as believers, uh, want to be very intentional and serious, uh, just very focused uh, when it comes to sharing who Jesus Christ is. Uh, we want to take opportunity, we want to look for opportunity uh, and step into to places where we can uh, bring hope, bring light to, to darkness. And so we as followers of Christ are called to uh, share the gospel, tell the story of uh, Jesus. And the thing that always encourages me about that uh, is simply when you read the scriptures and you see the heart of God. The heart of God is to simply uh, to save the lost, to redeem and to rescue and to bring dead things to life. And so uh, for us or for me, what's very, very uh, encouraging is that, is that I have been called into, invited into, and have this opportunity uh, to partner with Jesus to tell people, to tell this lost world uh, of where hope truly is. And in that, the promise that we see uh, from Scripture is that God's going to save. And, and so it just, it's, it's an amazing thing to play, uh, for God to allow us to play just a part in that, to use us in a way to, to point people to him where, where they uh, cross from death to life. And so for us, one of our core values is going to be sharing the gospel, which flows perfectly with, with our vision, with who we are. So this morning, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at our, our vision. But uh, when I say vision, what I mean by vision is just simply this, like where we're headed, where we're headed, where we're going, uh, what we're wanting to accomplish, what we're, we're seeking the Lord in, what we believe that he has put within our hearts to do. Uh, it's kind of that intentional piece of, uh, of being a follower of Jesus, being a part of the local congregation, the local body. Uh, and, and we just know from the scriptures that without vision, what, people perish, right? Without vision, we just kind of just aimlessly just uh, uh, walk around or meander around and uh, aren't really headed anywhere uh, uh, too, too good like we should. And we just kind of, we're just, we're just existing and just being. Uh, we don't want to just exist and just be. We, we want to be uh, uh, moving toward what God would have us to be about and to, and to do. And so uh, we just believe that this is what God has called us as his local congregation, as, as New Life Baptist Fellowship, uh, to be about and, and to do where, where we're going, where we're, where we're heading. And this is what drives us. This is what keeps us unified. This is what keeps us uh, uh, going in the same direction. I mean, it's football season. And so we know, uh, we, we know this time of year, as your team gets together, they have a vision and a goal for that year. It's to win the championship or it's to uh, make it to this or it's to it, different things that they lay before the team uh, for them to accomplish and do. And so for us as a church, this is what we believe God has called us into, what he wants us to do. And so the thing about vision is we don't want it to be too small, right? Like, like, like vision, uh, uh, we don't want it to be just too, too small and too easy. We, we want to we press in and we want to ask the Lord to, to accomplish and do some big things. And we don't want it to be one of those things that, uh, uh, that really, like if we just try hard enough, we can do it. Like, like we want to ask God for big things. We want to ask God to, to make his glory known, to make his presence known. We don't want to be able to just, um, if we just kind of like uh, white knuckle it a little bit or just try a little bit harder or, or, or do something on our own, uh, our own side, we want it to be something that, that, that can only be explained by God, a move of God, an act of God. And so we want our, our vision to be, to be big. We want our vision to be something that would, would honor God. We want to see him accomplish some amazing things. 
And then on the other side, we don't want our vision to be so vague either. We don't want it to be so vague that we really like, what is he saying? What do we do? Where are we going? What? Like, we don't want it to be just so vague that, uh, uh, that it, it could incorporate anything or every whatever. Like, we want to be intentional. We want to be focused. We want to be pressed in and following after who we believe God has created us to be and do what we believe God has created us to do. And so when I was approached years ago uh, about New Life, that's one of the things I loved about this place, is, is that discipleship was on the forefront. That, that the heart of this church was to, uh, uh, to make disciples who make a difference. And, and I love that. And what I want to do is I just want to expound on that a little bit. I, I want to dive deeper into that, to that a little bit. And I just want to flesh it out all the more and expand on it uh, and explain it a little bit better as to who we are today and what that means. And so uh, where we're headed this morning is this. We're just going to look at our vision, and our vision is simply this, to reach the world with the gospel one person at a time. To reach the world with the gospel one person at a time. And so if you have spent any time with me, one of the things you'll probably pick up on is that I'm overly optimistic. Like I'm just an overly optimistic person. My, my cup's always half full. It's never half empty. Um, even if it's like a third of the way full, it's still half full of my eyes. Like I'm just believing and I'm seeing and I'm knowing and I just, I'm just very optimistic. Just, uh, I just believe God has just kind of given me the gift of faith. I don't mean by like salvation faith that's there, but I, I mean to look at a situation in a circumstance and be like, no, God's got this. Y'all watch what God's going to do. It's going to be amazing whenever he shows up and he, he, he flexes a little bit and his glory is made known. And I just, I, just, I just see things from a different light, a different perspective in, in, in that regard when time seemed uh, uh, utterly hopeless. I don't know. God's got this. We're good. Let's keep, let's keep pursuing, let's keep uh, uh, pressing in, let's keep praying, let's keep seeking. He, he's going to take care of it, and he's going he's to do what only God can do in this moment. And so I just feel like God has, has kind of just implanted that within me. And, and so as a result of that, I believe that, that our vision should be big. Like our, as you read the scriptures and as you see the scriptures, like our vision needs to, to match the heart of God. And, and we know that God has got a heart for the nations. God has got a heart for the world. So why would we not want to have a heart for the world? Why would we not aspire to see, to see God reach that many through us, use us in a way that, that, that we could, could just, just be used by God, be his hands, his feet? And so it's his heart, it's his call in our life to go and make and partner with him for us to go and share the greatest story ever told. And so we see that, we'll see that this morning as just God's heart, his desire, we'll see that in the Great Commission. So I'm one more time, and then we'll jump into to Matthew 28, and we'll just walk through some of these verses and see what God has for us. So join me as we pray one more time. Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. Again, God, as, as we gather in this room, and we feel the weight of what you've called us to be about and to do, Father, I pray that we would, that, that we would step into that, and, and Father, that, that we would focus our heart, our attention, our desires around you and what you've called your church to be and do. And so, Father, our heart is to go and reach the world. Go and reach the world. And, and, Father, that may seem like a daunting task. That may seem overwhelming as well as it should be. But, Father, what we know and what we see from you is that with you, we can accomplish and do. Father, Father, that you're working on hearts all around the world right now. Holy Spirit, softening, wooing, drawing. And, Father, you've given us the awesome task, the awesome calling to go and share of the story that we know that can transform and change for eternity. So, Father, the world, the world is our goal. And however you see fit to, to accomplish, to do that, Father, we just want to be obedient and living out what you've called us to be and do. 
So Father, help us. Help us not be overwhelmed. Help us press in and hear and follow. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, Matthew 28, 19. This is, this is what the scripture says. Um, it says, uh, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, uh, and the Holy Spirit. So again, this is a command from Jesus uh, just before he ascends to heaven. So he's got his disciples there, uh, and he's telling them this. He's sharing this, uh, the great commission with them. You've got Jesus, the Son of God, in the flesh, giving his disciples this call and this purpose for their life to go and make so, so I believe that this is descriptive, describing a moment in time, but it's also prescriptive, meaning it's not just for them in this day and this time, but it also trickles down to us in our day. That this is what Jesus has called his disciples, his followers to be about, to do. This is the purpose for every single one of us in this room who belongs to Jesus. This is our purpose. This is the calling on our life, not just for church staffing, not just for a small group leader, not just for children's workers. This is the call of anybody and everybody who has crossed from death to life, who has been saved and redeemed. This is the calling that God has in our life is to go and make, to go and make disciples. So as a born again believer, this is the call that you have on your life. So if following Jesus is boring, it's because Probably not doing what he's called you to do. Probably not being about what he's called you to be about. Because I just don't see where following Jesus is that boring. When was the last time you've engaged someone who doesn't believe like you? When was the last time you've lived out your faith in front of or with uh, a group or somebody or at your work or wherever it may be that, that don't align with you, that don't care for, that don't want to hear, that don't want to, whatever the case may be. When was the last time you served your neighbors in such a way that you could have gospel conversation? There's nothing boring about that. Nothing boring. It, it, it's, it's, it's a bit nerve-wracking from time to time. It causes some angst from time to time. But man, it causes some excitement too. Especially knowing that the heart of God is to save and to rescue and that we get to step in and be a part of that. He uses us to be a part of that. So one of the things that's kind of always been out there uh, that I've just been aware of in, in following Jesus from a young age is this whole thought about being a believer but not a disciple about being a believer, like, yeah, Scott, I'm a believer, but this whole discipleship thing, uh, okay, yeah. Uh, and I guess when I hear that, some of the things that comes to my mind is this, is this thought of, like, does someone who, uh, who is saved ever get to say no to Jesus' commands? The answer is, is no, but, but we know that we do. Like, I've said no to some of Jesus' commands, like, I've been in circumstances and situations where, where I've, just, I've just disobeyed and didn't do what I know God would want me to do. I didn't say what I know God would want me to do. So, so the answer to that question is, is yeah, we, we can, but that's called sin. When we don't do what Jesus has called us to do, what Jesus has told us to do, uh, that, that's disobedience and that's sin. And, and what should follow with that in the heart of the believer is, is conviction. So, so belonging to Jesus as one of his followers and his disciple. Whenever I say no, or I don't walk out obedience to what he's called me to be about and to do, then what happens is the Holy Spirit within me starts to, starts to convict. It starts to remind me that, that I belong to, to Jesus and not myself, that I've died to self and I'm alive in him. And, and as a result of that, I start to feel that conviction. I start to feel that kind of drawing back to. And I run to and I repent and I continue to follow after Jesus. And so does a believer just continue in sin with no conviction and no desire to obey? And the answer to that should be no, absolutely not. 
though we may go for a bit, there should be that drawing, there should be that conviction, there should be that, that, that coming back to. And so, so this debate, as, uh, for as long as I can remember, has, has been there. And I guess like when, when I hear with the pushback on, on this to just uh, get some security that, 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 that one will go to heaven, but not, not listen and have to obey and do what Jesus has commanded his church to be or his believers to be, uh, that, that just baffles me a little bit. It, it, just, it, just, makes me, it just makes me think that, that, that they want him as, as, just, as just Savior, not Lord. But, but you don't get a Savior without a Lord. And what I mean by that is simply this, is that, is that a Savior, what, what that's saying is I just want Jesus as my Savior, not my Lord, is, is I just want to get out of, of hell free card is what I'm looking for. I just want to know at the end of the day that when I die, I'll be in heaven for all eternity. But I don't want Jesus telling me what to do. I don't want Jesus commanding my life. I don't want Jesus having expectations for me outside of what makes me feel okay with or, or what might challenge me a little bit. I just, I, just, I, want the easy, I just want to know I'm going to heaven and just kind of do some of the easy stuff. Like maybe not say the big cuss words, maybe a little one every once in a while, or um, I'll, I'll be nice to my neighbor and wave some, and uh, just different things, just different ridiculous type things. But just to know that I'm going to heaven, and, and I'll, I'll try to do some things for Jesus when it's convenient and easy, and I like it, and I'm okay with it, and it's not, not too, too uh, uh, pressing or too stressful for me. And, and I'm just here to tell you that that's, that's not the picture of salvation that we see in the Scriptures. You don't get a Savior without a Lord. You believe in him as your Lord and Savior, meaning that what Jesus says matters and that we follow and that we obey what he says, that he has purchased and he has redeemed us. And as God in the flesh, what he says carries weight. It's not an option for us. It's not something that we have to pray about. If he said it, then we, just, we do it and we follow it out, regardless of how I feel in the moment. Because hear me, there are things that Jesus commands us to do, tells us to do as his followers that I just don't like. Do you know what he has never had the audacity to do is to ask me what I thought about it? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I think about it. What matters is that there's a way that he has created and he has made that flows in a way that honors him and is good for us. And when we live in that way, he is glorified. If work happens in our hearts to shape us and mold us all the more. And, and so whenever I, whenever I think of this debate, well, can, can I be a believer and not a disciple? I, I, I would say that the, that the two are, are together, inseparable. For, for me to say, yes, I, I, I love Jesus and I, I want to be a part of Jesus, but I just don't want to do what he tells me to do. What would you do in your home if your kid did that? I mean, it's 2023, I know what we would do. Give another iPad, they'll be fine. no. No, it doesn't work that way, does it? It doesn't work that way. And, and so, so with, with Jesus here, he's, he's our Lord and Savior. And so what he says matters, it carries weight because it leads into life. It leads into life abundantly. And that's what he's called us to do. Savior only is just to get out of hell free card. And that's not, that's not salvation. That's not a picture. Like what we looked a few weeks ago at Luke 9 where it says, deny, 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 and you die, die, die to self. All of those type of things. That's the picture of salvation. That's what it looks like to be dead to self and alive in him through faith. And so he goes on, he says, go, therefore. And so this, as you are, are going, literally as you're, you're living life, as you're doing this life and living it out. This is the purpose you have. This is what you're to be about. This is what God has given you to do in the places that you do. The, the places that you do, uh, where, where you go to school, 
where, where you work, where you have family functions, where you have friends, where you have uh, where, the way that you parent is all through this filter of me making a disciple. Go make disciples. Everywhere that I go, I'm looking to make a disciple. I'm looking to live out and to do what, what, our, what our core value is, is to share, share the story of Jesus, to bring the story of Jesus with me and to share that with anybody and everybody that'll listen. Anybody, everybody. Like I can remember, I can remember when I, we had our first, first little guy. Brody, like, like I'm, at, I'm at Walmart walking through the produce aisle and there's this, this poor little um, helpless uh, Walmart worker there stocking like bananas. And I walk up to her and I'm like, hey, what you doing? It's like, how can you not see what I'm doing? She's like, and she was sweet and she entertains me. I'm just putting these bananas up here. They won't, they won't stock themselves. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, you're right. And I just awkwardly just kind of like stand next to her. <laughs> hey, she's like, can I help you? I said, you act, yes, you can. She's like, what can I do for you? I said, my wife just had a baby months ago. Oh, she's like, well, sir, that's awesome. Does he want a banana? I said, no, 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 he, he can't eat those yet. But you know what he does? She's like, what does he do? I said, he makes this really cool, like, cooing sound. You want to hear it? She's like, no, sir, I don't. And then I go ahead and just tell her what the cooing sound sounds like anyways. Because like, I'm a new dad. I'm excited, right? This is awesome. This is great. This is, and so I tell her, I said, you know what else he does? She's like, well, I said, he just lays there. He just lays there. Oh, he's the cutest. And I pull out my phone and I'm showing pictures. I'm like, isn't he awesome? Look, he looks like his dad, right? Right? And so as I have all this conversation, and she's like, like probably like, get lands, get security, but she entertains me, and I get done telling about my, my boy, and I can remember later that evening, Jesus just convicts me. He says, Scott, that's awesome that you, you did that. You were a little bit of a creeper weirdo, but hey, that's great. I need you to be a little creeper weirdo for now. And what I mean by that is this, I need you to start telling people about me the way that you tell somebody about your little boy. Because as cool and as awesome as you think that he is, and he is because I've created him, as cool and as awesome as you think that he is, and I'm, I'm way more awesome. And I can actually save their soul. And I can actually make them right. And I can actually restore them. And I can do all of this stuff for them that your little brand new baby boy cannot do. I mean, my story is so much a, it's a greater story. As awesome as the story of your little guy is, my story is such even just a greater story. That's so you need to share. And that's the first part of of the going, of making disciples, is, is sharing and telling. So, so regardless of where we're at, regardless of our extracurricular activities, vacations, trips, where we live, where we eat, guacamole for dinner, not guacamole, whatever it may be, whatever that case is, man, we are called to go and make disciples. We're called to be, be going, and the filter always runs through that, that reality of, uh, I'm here to share something greater. I'm here to tell of something greater. So everything that we do is focused around that command of going and making disciples as we see there in verse 19. And so this thought of disciple, disciple, I'm just going to use a just generic definition, which is correct and right. And over the next few weeks, we'll dive deeper into what a disciple is. But for today, this is, this is just kind of the one that we're going to look at, a follower of Jesus. So someone who, who, who believes and who is following him and his ways and what I always press is that we're making disciples whether we realize it or not. We're always making disciples whether we realize it or not by the things that we share and the things that we tell. The way that we live our life, the way that we respond to, the conversations that we have with people. Everything that we do is, is, is making a disciple. People watching us and following and emulating and doing and talking and being like, Everywhere we go. So, so the question I always ask is, is, is what are we making a disciple of? What are we, what are we sharing? What are we pointing to? Because 
for making disciples, whether we realize it or not. Because we're going. Like you were somewhere yesterday. All day long, you were somewhere. You went somewhere yesterday. Today, after this, you're going to go somewhere today. And in your going somewhere today, you're going to be creating and making disciples, whether that's someone that lives under your roof or whether that's someone that you sit down and eat lunch with or whether that's someone that, uh, uh, that, that you invite over to the house or you go to their house or, or you go grocery shopping, whatever your day looks like. As you go throughout your day, uh, people are going to be watching and seeing and you're either going to choose to have intentional conversation or not intentional conversation. But even in the unintentional conversation and the acting, there's still going to be a, a watching and observing and a, and a, and a living out and just justifying how they do and live and talk and act. And so the first component of this making a disciple here is being a part of Jesus, being a follower, being a believer. That's the first component of a disciple. You have to belong to Jesus to be his disciple. To truly be his disciple is to be in him and it's leaving who you, leaving everything about you, dying to everything about you and, and, and pursuing him. And you can't do that unless you belong to him and you're his. Flip over to Romans 10 real fast. Flip over, flip over to Romans 10, Romans 10, 10, 14. I just wanna, I wanna show you what the Apostle Paul says here and kind of, kind of walk through this little, this little thought that he, he gives to the believers here at Rome that I think will be beneficial and good for us, that will help, help us see this all the more, this thought of sharing and telling of the gospel and the story of Jesus and who he is. R- Romans 10, 14 says it like this. It says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? Uh, so apparently there's a problem here in this moment, in this day, uh, much, much like ours, right? Uh, they're not believing. Why? Because they're not hearing. Because they're not telling, they're not sharing, they're not letting people, people know. And I just want to press us for a minute this morning because it's not enough just to be nice and sweet and cute and, and all those type of things. It's not enough. Church, we have got to open up our mouth and have conversation. We, we've got to open up our mouth and share and point to the one who deserves all honor, all glory. We've got to share about the one who can do anything for anybody. And that's Jesus. We've, we have got to tell of who it is. Because look at, how, look at how he continues to follow it out. He says, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? Now, I know our first probably thought is to go, okay, well, preaching, that's what you're doing this morning. And yes, it is what I'm doing this morning, but it's also what you're called to do as a believer as well. And I'm not talking about like we're going to go around and everybody has a turn up here next, uh, in the next like Sundays and stuff like that. When I'm talking about preaching here, it means to proclaim, it means to tell off. And and so how will they hear? How will they know uh, uh, to to preach unless they are sin is what he says. But but how are they to hear without someone preaching and telling? Proclaiming of the good news of Jesus. How will they know? That's what we're to do is to proclaim, to tell, to preach. Not like this, but as you are going in your everyday life is to have gospel-centered conversation around the reality of who Jesus Christ is, around the reality of what he has done what the cross means and what it stands for. And how, how are they to preach unless they are sent? Well, we've been called in the Great Commission to go, right? Go make disciples of all nations, he says. That's the commission on our life to go, to share, to tell of Jesus. That's what we've been called to do. It says in verse 15, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? And so this is just a quote from the prophet Isaiah. 
It's him seeing and looking and wondering uh, and wondering why so many here, but there's nothing happening. Why, why, why they won't listen, why they won't fully take it in, why they won't fully uh, uh, surrender to, why they won't believe and be saved. So what do we do? We just share when it's comfortable? Share when it's easy? Share when it's convenient? Share when it's not threatening? Back out if we're afraid to get made fun of, maybe let go at work, maybe whatever the case may be. We'll only share then? No. No, no, we, we press in because it's funny, but the, the prophet Isaiah asked this kind of question. I mean, he had seen all the rejection. He had faced rejection and difficulty. He had seen what was happening, what was going to happen. God had shared some things with him and made him aware of. And, and, and I love the story of Isaiah 6.8. It's him in the throne room of God and seeing all of this happen and seeing God on his throne. And then, then look at Isaiah, Isaiah 6.8 with me. And this is what he says. He says, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And the prophet Isaiah, he, he steps up and he says, he answers, he's like, here am I, send me. He said, God, right, right here, I, I, I'll do it. I'll be your man. I'll be your man. And, and then look at his follow-up questions. Look at, his, look at, look at what he says. And here am I, send me in verse 9. He said, and he said, well, go and say this to the people. Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. And then, then Isaiah responds with that follow-up question. This is what he says. How long, O oh Lord? It's just kind of like us too, isn't it? Okay, like, like I'll go and I'll share and I'll live it out and I'll be this, as long as it's not too difficult, as long as it's not too tough, or as long as it's not, uh, uh, as long as it doesn't cost me a whole lot. Okay, God, I'll keep following as long as it's not too difficult, as long as it doesn't intervene uh, with, with other things or have to, have to get off the ramp to do different stuff. Fits in my schedule, my thinking, the way that I would do it. Isaiah says, how long, O Lord? And look at his response, God's response. He says, until the cities lie waste without inhabitants, houses without people, the land is desolate waste, and the Lord removes people far away, forsaken places for many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again, like a terebinth or an oak, whose stump remains when it is failed. The holy seed is its stump. God says, Isaiah, though many are going to reject me, there's still some. Though many will not listen and not hear, there are still some. Uh, the, the tenth represents the faithful remnant of Israel who will hear and who will believe. And church, what we know from Scripture is that there's some who will and who, who will hear and who will believe. And we're called to go and we're called to share. Because there's some that are waiting out there. God's working on their hearts. God's softening their heart. A, a coworker, a neighbor, a family member. The Holy Spirit is working and doing, and we have the great honor and privilege to be the ones to share and proclaim the truth, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when I read this, when I look at this, and I think, oh, how long, oh Lord? Because I don't know about you, but me, I've had that thought. Okay, God, how much longer do I have to keep doing this? Okay, God, how much longer do I have to, God, God are you serious? Like right now, like God, how much longer, Why? Like, I've had that thought. And when I read this and when I look at this and when I'm reminded of the story of Isaiah here, what I hear and what I see is that we don't ever stop. We don't ever back out. We don't ever cower down. We don't ever quit. We don't ever lose hope, optimism, because there are some out there that need to hear the gospel. And in that, they'll respond in a way that brings them to life. 
And so when I read this and when I see this, that's what I see is this, church, we don't ever stop. We don't ever stop sharing. We don't ever stop telling the story of Jesus Christ. Back to Romans 10, 17, he says this. He says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And so we carry the gospel with us. We carry the story of Jesus with us. And we're to be ready in all times, all situations, all circumstances to share the blessed hope that we have, to tell of the story of Jesus. To tell, and hear me, like, you don't have to be a theologian in it. All you have to do is share who Jesus is and, and what he's done on the cross. Share your story. That's what you have to, to offer and to share and to lay before them. All, dude, all I know is I was this and now I'm this. And it makes absolutely no sense that I went from this to this because, because everything in me wants to, to do this, but for some reason I just can't now. And even whenever I do this, I'm, I'm miserable and I hate it. There's conviction that's drawing me to something greater and bigger than me. Just share your story. Tell your story of redemption and what Jesus has done. That's what we get to do because it's through hearing faith is found. So back to, to Matthew 28 as we start to wind down. Matthew 28, 19. So, so here, here in this verse is where we get the bigness of our vision, the the size of it when he says this, go make disciples of all nations, right? All nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. All nations. It's the call of the church. It's the call of the bride of Christ to go to the nations. Yeah, our going may be to work tomorrow. Our going may be to uh, school. Our going may be to uh, this place or that place. But, but, but our call is to also go to the nations, is not to be satisfied in our own backyard or in our own little bubble or our own little life, but to, but to have this uh, enormous vision that God has given his disciples is of the nations. Go make disciple of the nations, every tribe, every tongue, every people. So this is a part of our going and making. This is our part of, of living and being and sharing with and telling the story of. I just love this, this picture from the book of Revelation. It's not going to be on the screen, but Revelation 7, 9, it says this. Is an F. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number. Such a lot. You, you couldn't even count them. Nobody could number. From every nation, from every tribe and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. That's what happens when we share. That's what happens when we tell. That's what happens when we, when we partner with Jesus to, to, to make his story known. Is that God saves, God redeems, God draws in, God rescues. That's the power of the gospel that we talked about last week in Romans 1.16. It's the power of God into salvation. The gospel is the power of God. And we have that. We have access to that, to share and to tell if we just love people enough to do it. We just love people enough to do it. And so I love this vision that John sees there. I mean, a number's so great that you can't even count it. I mean, you, you can't begin to fathom what that would be like and look like. And what I love about it all the more is it's not people that just look like us. It's people that talk different than us. It's people that look different than us. It's people from different places than where we're from. Man, man, it's the world is what it is. It's the nation's. And what this shows and points to is that the vision that God's given his church, the, the, the command and the commissioning to his disciples, it works if we'll just do it. it. If we'll just open up our mouth and share. 
and just tell. We know from the heart of God is that he is drawing people to him. And they'll never believe if they're not told. They'll not know if we don't tell them and share with them. I can remember a story of Penn and Teller out in Las Vegas. They were doing their show, and there was someone after a show went up to them and, and, and shared, give, I think give one of them a Bible or shared something with them about the gospel and things like that. And he, he entertained him, and he listened to him. One of them did. I can't remember which one. And he listens to him. As he listens to him, he's like, man, I appreciate that. I don't believe it, but I appreciate that so much. And the guy was just kind of taken back, like, what, you appreciate it? He's like, yeah. But for you to say that you're a Christian, that you're a believer, and for you to believe what you've just shared with me, and for you to believe that, that my end, that that's what I get, that that's what will happen to me apart from Jesus, for, for me to, 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 to see that, for you to believe that, and if that's, if that's what you believe, and that's the reality that, that you fall under and where you're at, for you to believe that and not to tell me, and how unloving would that be? How unloving would that be? For, for you to truly believe that, that this, is, this is the eternal judgment and for us to never tell anybody, for us to never share. He says, thank you so much for that, because I know a ton of Christians that would never do that. A ton of people who say that they love Jesus with everything in them and believe the same thing that you said that you believe, and they will not say a word about Jesus. How heartbreaking is that? How heartbreaking to know that we have the answer to the greatest question ever posed, to the longing of every heart. And we not give it, we not share it, we not live it out. Man, how horrific is it? How much do we have to hate to not tell them, to not live out for the world? Because we see in Revelation what happens when we do. We see in Revelation the heart of God all tribes, all tongue, every nation, every people before the throne of God. So as we're going, making disciples, we're we'll going to every place, all places, everywhere, and sharing the gospel and telling the story and making disciples there. All people, everywhere needs to be our heart. And so our desire is to reach any and all who don't have a relationship with Jesus, who don't know of the story of God. God's heart is the world. And so for us as his followers, our heart needs to reflect that. Our heart needs to be that. And I believe with everything in me that if we don't reflect that as a church, if we don't press in and go after that as the church, man, then we're failing. We're not aligning our heart with the heart of God because his heart is for all peoples everywhere. So as the band comes back up, our vision is this. We want to reach the world with the gospel. We want to reach the world to God one at a time. We want to go after. We want to share. We want to see people saved. But we want God to use us to share, and in that, the Holy Spirit be working and drawing and doing and saving the lost, opening up their heart and their ears so that they may truly hear and believe and be saved. So one of the things I laid before us nine months ago, eight, nine months ago, was that we would be intentional with sharing the gospel. And what I laid before us as a goal is a thousand people to, to tell the story of a thousand people. Now, now, for one of us to do that, that's a lot of people to share with. But as we look around this room and we see the people in this room this morning, if we divide that up a little bit, that's, that's not that big of an undertaking. 
a, a thousand people. Uh, like, like we could probably almost throw a ball in each direction and at least hit a thousand, thousand people. Just in the place where, we, where, we're, where we're residing right now, where we're, where we're at here at 350 Old Furnace Road. I mean, the neighborhoods that are around us, the things that, that are here. I mean, it was just, just where we go, what we do, where we work, how we live. A, a thousand people is nothing. Nothing. For one person, that may seem like a lot. But man, to, to divide and conquer is not much. And so that's what I laid before. It's kind of almost like, ah, that might not be that much. But, but, but as of this week, what we have done is we've only shared the gospel with 225 people. Or so what I counted. And it's not a bragging thing. That's not what it's about. What it's about is, to, is, is, is I want to raise a group of people. I want, to be, I want to be a man who is serious about sharing and telling. And what that is is a reminder to, 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 to go share. It's, a, it's for us to celebrate. Hey, man, we're trying. Like, we're stepping out, we're being obedient, we're being willing to just give it a shot and see what God does. Because, see, the results are not up to us. Our, our calling is to share, and how the heart receives it and responds to it is on the heart, not us. But what we're called to do is to go make share. And so 225 people as of today, which means we need about, what, 775 more shares in Three months, three and a half months, which I think is possible. See, there's that optimist faith thing that, that God wired me with. I think it's possible because what I know is that tomorrow, I know that some of you are going to be going to places where there's going to be a lot of people. And what I know is this week is that you're going to be going to places that there's going to be a lot of people. Your, your kid's going to have a game. They're going to have a practice. You're going to be picking them up from somewhere. You're going to go to work. You're going to, you live in a neighborhood, in a community. You, you, you go places where people are. What? What we've got to do is we've got to start engaging. We've got to start being intentional. We've got to start, start sharing and telling. And so in the lobby, again, we've got the ping pong balls that are going to go in that, that little thing that we've created over there where you can just drop them down in there when you share the gospel with someone. And I just want to encourage us, man. Church, if we would just be obedient, King of King and Lord of Lords will save and rescue and redeem and draw. There are hearts now that need to hear the gospel. And if we would just share what he would do in that how he would rescue and save if we would just be willing to step out. So as I said last week, said again this week, there's always a response to the gospel. There's always a response that's required and expected when the gospel is proclaimed. When the word of God is opened up and it's preached, there's always a response expected. So what about you? What about in this moment? Are, are you truly a disciple? And what I mean by that is, I mean, are you, are, you, are you born again? Are you a believer? Have you come to faith in Jesus Christ? Have you been made alive in him? Are you a true disciple? And you, you, you can't just be a believer, not a disciple. The two go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. So, so are you? If not, man, today is the day of salvation. Today could be the day that God awakens the reality in your heart that you need him as Lord and Savior. So maybe that's you here this morning. Or maybe you are a disciple and you're just not discipling well. Which, hey, to, to know that and to understand that and to realize that is a great, great thing and a gift of God. And we call that conviction. Let that conviction feel that. And then you run to Jesus and you repent and you ask him to break your heart and to shape you and mold you all the more. And you, and you continue to start walking toward him in the way that he would call you to walk and be. 
and you start sharing and you start telling of the story of Jesus. I mean, it seems so simple. So simple. And, and what I believe is God wouldn't ask us to do it if it couldn't happen. God wouldn't call us to it if, if he wouldn't equip us and wouldn't make it possible to happen. And I think, I think the thing that just breaks my heart the most is how, how, how often we short sell God in this. Okay, Scott, that's, that's cute. That's great. Yeah, the whole world. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Bullen Springs, South Carolina. Come on now. But do you know how accessible the world is now? I mean, I, I would be a little bit more like distraught in this day having the resurrected Jesus there telling me to go do this. I mean, like, do you know how big the world is right now, God? I mean, like, like we're walking everywhere. I might get a camel ride from town to town every once in a while, but like, like I'm... I, I mean, just in the last five years, how accessible the world is. We could jump on a plane and go to the nations. We can log onto our computer and go to the nations. I mean, we, we can literally be in someone else's living room on the other side of the world in no time. If we would just step out and believe and follow what he's called us to do. And just engage in conversation. Point it to Jesus. Talk about Jesus. So I don't know what God's stirring in your heart this morning, but what I know is this, is that he has a desire to save. And he wants to use us if we'll be used. If we'll be obedient and we'll follow after and the thing that I love is this, is it's not about a professional who can do it, a pastor, or, uh, a Sunday school leader, a worship guy, none of that. What it's about is about the followers of Jesus being obedient to what God has called them to and having intentional conversation about who Jesus Christ is and what he's done. And what I know is that there are people that you will rub shoulders with that I will never, ever, ever have the opportunity to meet and talk to. And you have great opportunity to tell the story of Jesus if we're just step out and do it. And the thing that I love is this, is that we're promised the Holy Spirit because at the end of the Great Commission, he says, and I'll be with you always, even to the end of age. So he's going to equip, he's going to do, he's going to give the boldness, he's going to give us what we need to do if we'll just step out and do it and be obedient. So I don't know God's stirring your heart, but you be obedient in this moment. If you need to know more about what it means to have a relationship with him, we'd love to talk. Or if you need to come and pray about that person that God's put on your heart, maybe even this morning as, as this is being proclaimed, of who you need to share with. Whatever that looks like, whatever that means, I'll be here. This altar is open. If you want to come pray, you be obedient to the Lord's leading. Father, we love you. We need you. We thank you. Your goodness, your faithfulness. Jesus, we just ask you to speak. God, if there be a heart here that don't know you, Lord, that you would save and rescue. And Father, if there's a heart here that knows they need to be sharing, God, that you would kind of embolden, encourage like only you can. Father, this is for you and for your glory. Father, I ask for that same thing. God, I need it. God, there's people that I'll come in contact with and that I won't share. I don't, I cower down or I'm afraid of what they might think. I got, got all of those things happen to me too. And so, Father, I'm asking for strength and power and emboldenment as well. Father, work and move in this moment, in this time for your glory. So, I'm going to pray. Amen.